Hey, take your Bibles, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. And I, I, um, we're looking at verse, well, I'm going to look at Hebrews 11, the whole, this, this is a good part of this this morning. And um, I've been talking about faith, as you know. And I want to I help, I feel like the Lord has really just impressed upon me to, to help build faith in this place, help build your faith, help encourage you in your faith um, in, a, in a world where faith is constantly under attack, constantly, um, you know, there's so many things that just fly in the face of your faith. How can I have faith when all this is going on around me? No, we're going to have faith in this place, and we're going to believe the word, and we're going to stand on this word, amen? And I, I, was, I was watching TV a couple of days ago, and there was this guy on there walking around, you know, he looked like he was out west someplace, Arizona or something like this, and he, he claimed he was looking for dinosaur bones. I, I don't believe things I see on TV anymore, but this guy said he was looking for dinosaur bones, and he said, um, uh, he, said I, he was looking at these different hills and outcroppings and stuff like this, and he said, he made this claim. He said, I've gotten to where I can just about look at something and tell you there's a dinosaur under there. I don't know if that's true or not, but I thought, that's interesting, isn't it? He started kicking around, and he, he said, yep, look, here, I found a dinosaur tooth. It was probably in his pocket, and he dropped it. Um, but that's what he claimed. But I thought, you know, it is kind of like that when you do something. If you're a professional and you work in a certain area for a long time, you kind of get like an intuition, don't you? You can kind of look at something and, and see like maybe if there's a problem with something, you've gotten to where you know so well what could be the issue. It's almost like you have this sense where you can look and see something that lies under the surface. That's what faith is. Faith doesn't look at what you see in front of you. Faith looks at something deeper. And in Hebrews chapter 11, I want to start here in, in verse 13. And this, as you know, this chapter is really, it's breaking down some different people, different heroes of the faith, and showing us how they had faith in all this. And, and it says in verse 13, these all died in faith. I'm going to read it in the King James it's like this. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but they saw them from afar off. This is interesting to me. These guys were given promises. We'll talk about some of the promises, things like Abraham and, and Isaac and all the, the ancestors. They were given promises. They didn't get them. They didn't receive them. Like Abraham, your children will be as, as numerous as the, as the stars in the sky. He didn't receive the promise, but he saw them far off. Faith lets you see what others can't see. I want to say it this way. Faith is seeing. It's just not seeing what everybody else sees. But faith has to do with seeing. He says he saw them far off. They were persuaded of them, and they embraced them and confessed they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. I want to talk about this a little bit, about faith is seeing the unseen. When you have, when you have faith inside you, it lets you see the unseen. So I want to talk about this. Go to, go to verse 1 for a second. And let's start here. Now, faith is the reality of what's hoped for, the proof of what's not seen. In the Passion Translation, faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to listen, to acquire things we long for. 
It's the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. The Amplified Bible says, says it this way. It says, faith is the title deed. I like that. Faith is the title deed. If, now imagine for a minute that you were given an inheritance. Some uncle you, you'd never met before said, hey, I've got an inheritance for you. He passes away. He leaves you an estate. And they, they give you at the will reading, they give you the title deed. You've never seen the place, but you know it exists because you've got a title deed. In fact, they tell you about it. They say, oh, it's a big house. It's got lots of rooms. It's, it's, got, it's sitting on 10 acres of land. It's a beautiful farm. They describe it, and it sounds so beautiful, you've never seen it. But you see it. You see it. You see what I'm saying? Why do we, why do we say that? You see what I'm saying? Because, because we want you to not just hear it, we want you to see it. Faith is seeing if I, say, if I say, hey, I've got, a, I've got a dog at home, you don't see the word D-O-G in your head. You see a dog. If I say I've got a big, ugly dog, you see, you imagine a big, ugly. If I've, got a, I've got a little pug, ugly dog. Now you picture a little pug, you the smashed face dog, you know. You see it in your head, don't you? Because it's seeing. Faith is like that. Faith lets you see things that, you, that you've never seen. I can't see it in the natural, but with faith, I'm able to see it. When you're able to see it, you're able to have it. But you can't have it until you can see it. But you got to see it by faith. You see what I'm saying? Okay. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. You can see, you can see faith in people. Did you know that? You can see when people have faith. I've prayed for a lot of people. I can, I can see it when people have faith. We've had people come up, I'll pray for me. I, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a quick example. We were someplace doing a service overseas and, and praying for people up in the front. I mean, I could see there was people that had faith because they had faith and they said, pray for, and right away, they're like, yes, I'm healed. And they were, they were totally healed. Pastor came at the church and said, go pray for this guy. He's in the back and he's, he, one of his legs doesn't work or something. He couldn't walk. I said, why is he in the back? Oh, he's just in the back. He didn't want to come forward. I went to the back. I could see there was no faith in the man. I'll tell you, every other person that we prayed for, every other person at that service was healed. The guy I had to go to the back and pray for, there was no faith. I could see there was no faith. Jesus saw faith in people. When he prayed for, when he prayed for people, he could see when the, they let the lame man down through the roof, what did it say? It said he could see their faith. He saw faith. When they prayed for the, the lame man in the book of Acts, when the disciples were passing by the beautiful gate and they see the lame man laying there, they said, it says they saw he had faith to be healed. You can see faith. You with me? As you read through this chapter of Hebrews 11, you start to understand faith isn't just something they had in their hearts. Faith was something that motivated their actions. They acted on their faith. They were moved by faith. They did things. You read through this book, you're not going to see one person who just says, well, they, they had faith, so they sat on their couch and you know, hung out. No, they had faith, and so they did something, because faith demands action. If I say I have faith, but I don't have the actions to back it up, that's what James is talking about. If I don't, I don't have the actions to back it up, it's not really faith. My faith is dead. Because you can see faith by what I do. 
by how I, by how I talk, by how I, by how I go about my business, by, by, you know, does fear control me or does faith control me? You can see faith. Get what I'm saying? You see it. This takes, this takes some working out now. Take some practice. Take some exercise. Exercise your faith. Okay? Look at this. Hebrews, I'm going to skip to verse 7. Hebrews 11, verse 7, it says, Noah was warned about what was not yet seen. Look at this in the Passion, if I can read all that. Faith opened Noah's heart to receive revelation and warning from God about what was coming, even things that had never been seen. He'd never seen a flood. He'd never seen the need for an ark. He didn't, in fact, people criticized him. People condemned him. They would stand, what are you doing, you foolish old man, building an ark? And they probably thought he was crazy. But faith let him see something that was coming, even though others couldn't see it. Because God said there's a flood coming, and what happens in his spirit, he can see it. He can understand it. He can perceive it. And he realizes God, what God's saying is so true that I've got I've to act now and do what God's telling me to do because I want to save my life and save my family. And so faith let him do that. He stepped out in reverent obedience to God and built an ark that would save him and his family. By faith, the world was condemned but Noah received God's gift of righteousness that comes from by believing. So God warned Noah about a flood, and he didn't go check the weather. You guys check the weather, and they lie to you every day. They never know what they're talking about. I don't know how many times this summer We've turned on the news or the, the, looked at the weather on our telephone, and they said, yep, it's going to rain any minute. And we don't go water the garden. Where's the rain? Any minute. Any minute. Any, no, it didn't rain today. You weathermen, you lie. But Noah didn't go check the weather. He believed God. Listen, how is it that you can keep listening to the weatherman? after he lies to you over and over and over, but you still believe him. But God, who never lies, you think, I wonder if that's true. Come on, get your head right. Get, your, get believing this word. Noah worked for years. People tried to shout him down. Don't you think at some point he might have felt foolish? Why am I doing? Why am I... Why am I doing this again? He was working on, he didn't, it didn't take him a few weeks to build this boat. He was working a long time now. That's a big boat. He was working a long time and people for years were criticizing him until the day the rain came and the door of the ark was shut. They thought he was crazy until that moment. But suddenly when all hell broke loose, they thought, oh man, I missed it. I missed the boat. But Noah wasn't wavering. See what it says in, in verse 13, Hebrews 11. They didn't receive the promises, but they saw them. They saw the promises. Noah could see rain coming, but not with his eyes. He saw it with his spirit by faith. 
Listen, Abraham, it says in Hebrews, was looking for a city whose builder and founder was God. How did he see? He didn't see that, did he? Yes, he did. He saw it in his spirit. He could see it with his spirit. In fact, Jesus made this statement in John chapter 8. He was talking to the Pharisees, and you know how he liked to push their buttons, and he said, Abraham was overjoyed at seeing my day. He saw it and rejoiced. They said, you're crazy. Abraham, you're not even 50 years old. Abraham couldn't have seen your day. But Jesus said, Abraham saw me. How did Abraham see Jesus? He saw him by faith because God must have spoke to him about it. And he could see it by faith. Faith lets you see what others can't see. But it, it, faith gets a hold of this word and it believes it so much that it starts to see it. And when you can see it, you can have it. But you got to be able to see the unseen. Look at, look at verse 13 again. These all died in faith without having received the promises, but they saw them from a distance, or from afar off. They, per, they were persuaded of them and embraced them. Listen, you got to be fully persuaded. You got to be so fully persuaded that this word is true that when somebody comes and tells you something contrary, you, no, you laugh at them. No, that can't be true because I know what the word of God says. The doctor says, oh, man, it doesn't look good. <laughs> it's funny because I know what the word of God says. You can say what you want to say, but I'm going to stand on the word of God because I know I'm fully persuaded. And they embrace them. See, the problem with a lot of people, they're not fully persuaded. If you keep looking at your problem, you keep looking at your weakness, you keep looking at your inability, you'll never have any faith because you're looking at the wrong thing. Faith requires you get your eyes off of you and get your eyes on him. But listen, if I got my eyes on who's going to be elected in November, I'm, I might be disappointed. But my hope is not in any man. My hope is in God. Because I'm not, I'm not real old, but I've been around long enough to know I don't care who's in office because it makes no difference. They never do anything good. But God will take care of me because he's my source. I don't care what promises they make. Okay, that's my, that's my political rant for the morning. But they were fully persuaded. Listen, the, here, let me say it this way. The natural is subject to the supernatural. The natural, this world that we can see, the tangible, temporal world is subject to faith. It's subject to the supernatural. What happens in this world can be altered and changed, but God can't be altered and changed. What happens in this world, it's, it's, called a, it's called a temporal world because it's changing all the time, but you're supposed to be the influencer of the change and use your faith. to. Ch if you don't like something, you start using your faith to change it. You awake? Listen, look, go, go here real quick. Romans 4, 19 to 21. This is about Abraham now. Abraham considered, or in the King James, considered not his own body. He didn't consider his own body. It was almost dead since he was about 100 years old in the deadness of Sarah's womb without weakening of faith. He didn't waver in unbelief at God's promises, but he was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God because he was fully 
convinced that what he, what God had promised, God was able to perform. He didn't look at his own self and say, man, I'm old. Look at all those wrinkles. I'm 100 years old, but God gave me a promise, but I don't know how that's, Lord, you must have made a mistake. He didn't consider his own body, did he? He considered not his own body. He only considered God who's faithful. He only considered God who was able. He didn't look at, man, it's taken a long time. God made this promise, and now what? No, he kept being faithful, kept trusting the word of God. He was fully persuaded, fully convinced that what God promised he was going to do. Amen. See, a lot of people, they're not, they're not fully persuaded. They're trying to get convinced in their heads, but you don't believe with your head. Your head's got nothing to do with it. It's with your spirit. Your spirit's the one. Listen, you get your mind renewed, and you can, you can believe the word. You can comprehend the word, but you don't, you don't believe with your head. You believe with your spirit. Your spirit's got to just tell your head to get with the program. That's how it was supposed to work. Quickly, when Adam was created, he was created a spirit man. His spirit was meant to control his mind. His spirit was meant to control his body. When Adam sinned, his spirit was now dead. And what that meant is his, he was no longer controlled by his spirit. He had to be controlled by his intellect. Intellect is not bad, but it's not how you were meant to live. Intellect is not bad when your mind is renewed, but the mind of the flesh is death. The mindset of the spirit is life and peace. So you're meant to be led not by your mind, not by your will, not by my emotions. Oh, I feel like doing this and I just got it. No, no, no. Get led by you, the Holy Spirit. He who is led by the spirit is the children of God. That's how you're supposed to live. Am I getting, is that too quick? You got it? Look at, look at verse 24, Hebrews 11, verse 24. It talks about Moses. And it says, by faith, Moses, when he was grown up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter and chose to suffer with the people of God rather than to enjoy the short-lived pleasure of sin. For he considered the reproach because of the Messiah to be of greater wealth than the riches of Egypt, since his attention was on the reward. By faith he left Egypt behind, not being afraid of the king's anger, for Moses persevered as one who sees him who is invisible. Moses could see something that other people couldn't. Moses chose reproach because of the Messiah. Why does it even talk about the Messiah? There was no Messiah. Jesus wasn't around in the time of Moses, but Moses saw him. He saw him who is invisible. He got a glimpse by faith. In fact, he prophesied about the Messiah, and he said, there's going to come a prophet like me who's, who's going to rise up among the people, and you better listen to him. And he prophesied because he knew in his spirit what was coming because God showed him a glimpse of the Messiah. But by faith, you got to see things others can't see because Moses could see the invisible, and when he could see the invisible, he was able to take hold of what God promised. I feel like I was preaching better than that. That's okay. His eyes were on the reward. His eyes were on the prize. Didn't it say that? His attention was on the reward. We don't like to talk about rewards, do we? 
We, don't, we think that sounds petty. No, I'm just going to have faith because it's the right thing to do. Well, get, God's a rewarder. Get with his program. Stop trying to do things your way. So Moses had his eyes on the prize. My kids, I can't get them to do anything unless there's a reward. I've just, I've figured this out. I would tell them, go clean your rooms. You know what they would do? They would go pout and sit in their rooms and not do anything and then come down in 10 minutes and say, done. And they did nothing. Liars, you did nothing. But you know what? One day I said, fine, I'm going I'm to give you a prize. And I, I made a mistake. Sometimes we make mistakes as parents. I make a lot of mistakes. And I said, look, when you're done, I'm going to go judge your room. The best, the best room wins. The boys were picking up. The girls were picking. They were, just, they were just doing all. Man, suddenly they got into like cleaning mode. They got their drawers. They started organizing their drawers. I found one of them had labels in their drawers of what's supposed to go there. I thought, what have I done? And I said, I said congratulations, you guys. You guys all, you're all winners today. They didn't like that. They said, no, no, no. Who's the best? So now I got to figure out who's the best. Okay, well, that's, that's awkward because, you you know, and then they want a prize because I told them there's a prize. I didn't know what the prize was. I start digging through my drawers. I'm like, what about this thing or this? I don't know. What, what about this? Fine, give me that. They don't, but they don't, it, it's crazy, but if there's a reward, they're going to do it. Moses had his eyes on the reward. God's got a reward for those who diligently seek him. There's a reward to faith. Amen. Moses gave, he, think about what Moses gave up for a minute. He gave up being, being the son of Pharaoh, being a child of the king of Egypt, the most powerful nation on earth. He was, he was the son. He had everything this world could offer. He had money. He, I'm sure, could have anything he wanted in the world that you can imagine Moses could have had it. But he chose reproach because of the Messiah, because he saw a greater reward. Listen, you've got it. There's a reward. There's a reward coming. But a lot of people, they got their eyes on the wrong prize. God's got, God's got blessings for you in this life. Absolutely. I 100% believe that. But if that's all your eyes are on, you got the wrong prize in mind. Because there's something greater coming. And I want to get my eyes on that prize. So that, I can, so that I can live the way he's called me to live, amen? Moses got a glimpse of the Messiah. He got a glimpse of glory. He got a vision of his eternal reward, and he said, I'd rather have Jesus than anything the world offers to me. Somebody should write a song like that. I'd rather have Jesus. Sandy knows what I'm talking about. I'd rather have Jesus than anything the world can offer. Listen, you've got something so much better than the world has. Amen. This world's gotten a hold on me. You can't take it with you. You cannot take it with you. It's going to stay behind. But you've got an eternal reward. Amen. Everything you do in this life is sowing into your eternal reward. So. So. Yeah. By faith, I can see it. Come on. Look at this again. Hebrews 11, verse 13. They confessed. They were strangers. They were foreigners. 
Look, they all died in faith without having received the promise. They saw the promise. They greeted them and confessed that they were foreigners. Your faith is going to come out in your confession. The words that you speak, I know we talk about this a lot, but it's so important. We got to get a hold of it. The words you speak are going to be reflective of your faith. If your, your faith has got to come out of your mouth, amen. Look at verse 3, back up to Hebrews 11, verse 3. The universe was created. By faith, we understand the universe was created at God's command so that what is seen has been made from things that are not visible. The things you can see came out of the invisible. How did they come out? Because God spoke them. I said this on Wednesday night. God spoke the word, let there be light, and light came out. Right? It wasn't a suggestion. He didn't say, light, do you think you wouldn't mind? Could you come out? No, he said, light be, and light was. God calls, we'll look at this verse in a minute, God calls things that are not as though they are. Because when God calls them, they stop being not, and they start being a be. They start coming into existence. So they're no longer, they're no longer non-existent. They are existent, but they've been made out of, out of the only thing in the universe, out of faith and the word of God. Came out of God himself. Everything that is came out of the word that was spoken, the command of God. And it says they confessed they were aliens and strangers. They made a confession about themselves because by faith they could see, I don't belong in this world. By faith they could see, God's got something better for me. By faith they could see the Messiah. By faith they could see the promises of God. And they said, Lord, I confess that I'm taking hold of the promise. They made some confessions about themselves. But God calls things that are not as though they are. That's how you're supposed to be. Really? That's how you're supposed to be. You, you start, you see some things that are not and they should be, you start calling them. Hey, you, you can come, God will, God will make it for you. You come into existence right now. You plant your words, your words. I've been talking about your, your faith is like a seed. You plant your word, your seed word, and you watch it grow. You start speaking to things. You start talking to things. You start calling things that are not as though they are. But you got to change the way you're talking. You can't be saying, I'm always, I'm always broke. Well, you're always going to be broke. Can't, um, I'm just always getting sick. I walked into a store one day and they said, oh, something's going around. We just, oh, every time something goes around, oh, everybody in the store gets, well, you go, you're always going to get it then. Start changing the way you're speaking. Stop saying you can't do it. Stop speaking faithless words. I read this story. It's a true story of a pastor. He was out on vacation and he decided to go fishing. And he was out fishing and, and caught nothing all day. And he came in and he was kind of complaining about it. And he was talking to this, this guy in town the, in the, who was a Christian. And the guy said, you know what, pastor? I always catch fish when I go fishing. And the pastor said, what, what do you mean you always catch fish? He said, no, I do. Every time I go fishing, I catch fish. You want to tell me how? I'll tell you how I do it. He said, I go out. And he said, in Genesis, God told us we're supposed to have dominion over the fish. So he said, I get in my boat and I holler over that lake. I say, fish, I'm taking dominion over you. Get on my hook. And he said, I'll catch, I'll catch fish all day long. And the pastor kind of laughed. He thought he was joking, but the guy, guy said, that's what I do. So the pastor went out the next day fishing. He caught no fish. And it was getting late. And he thought, well, this is kind of crazy, but he, he did it. 
He said, fish, I take dominion over you. Get on my hook. He said, it wasn't long. I, I have my limit of fish. Listen, you're supposed to be taking dominion. Now you try that. Somebody try that and let me know how that works for you. But listen, you start taking dominion. Hey, take dominion over your body. Body, you're subject to the word of God. I take dominion over you by the word and I say you're healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. You're working body. You're functioning. Hey, take dominion over your finances. Take dominion over your whatever it is. You take dominion in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that you're going you're gonna to do the work. Amen. Plant your faith with the words you speak. Look at this in, in Hebrews 11, verse 4. He talks about Abel. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was approved as a righteous man. You know the story, Cain and Abel, right? Cain, Cain offered a sacrifice that was rejected. Abel offered a better sacrifice. Abel's was accepted. And we don't need to go into all that, but listen to this. It said, God approved his gifts, and even though Abel's dead, he still speaks through his faith. It didn't say anything in the story about Abel speaking, did it? I, don't, I, I read that story in Genesis. I don't see where Abel was speaking at all, but God said he's still speaking by faith because your faith is going to speak. And if, he, if Abel was releasing words of faith, because he wasn't just making a sacrifice that was just throw it out there. He was making a sacrifice by faith. And I believe he was speaking words of faith during his lifetime. And whatever he spoke, the, here's, here's how the word works. God said his word doesn't return void, but it accomplishes everything it was sent to do. If the spirit of God's in you, it's the same way with your words. You might be dead and buried in the ground, but your words of faith are still producing Hundreds of years later, thousands of years later, your words are still working because that's how the word of God works. Let me, let me prove it to you because you're looking at me skeptical. But in Isaiah chapter 7, Isaiah spoke this prophetic word by the spirit of God because that's how God speaks to his people prophetically in the Old Testament. In the beginning, God created the world. He said, let there be light. But then he put man in charge. So now he's got to speak through a man. So he gives man a word and says, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they're going to call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. He gave that word to Isaiah. Nothing happened. And here's what, here's what the danger is. Sometimes we pray, Lord, I pray you'd heal sister so-and-so, and, -so, and ah, nothing happened. What if Isaiah had done that? The virgin's going to conceive and give birth to a son and call his name Emmanuel, and he's looking around. Where's, all, where's the virgin? That's what, I guess it didn't happen. But no, he didn't do that, did he? He released the word into the world. And what did the word do? Exactly what it was designed to do. That word became flesh and dwelt among us. But first the word had to be planted in the world. You got to plant your words, plant your word, not just any old word, plant your word of faith. You speak your word, you release your word into the world and it will produce what it's meant to produce. Because listen, when it's spoken by faith, just don't cancel out. You gotta keep watering that word. You gotta keep taking care of that word. Remember I talked about last week, you gotta pull the weeds. You gotta take care of that thing and make sure that thing's gonna grow. Listen, so Abel, it says is still speaking. How's he still speaking? Because when he released his word, that word is still doing something in the earth. That's how powerful this thing is. Listen, you can pray over your kids, over your grandkids, and that word will still be working after you're gone. 
that word still producing something in them. Some of you might be saved because of that, because you had some grandmother pray for you, and even though she's dead years later, you came to know the Lord because that word was still working. Those prayers were still in effect. God doesn't forget the words that are spoken in faith. Come on. Look at this in Hebrews 11, verse 22, verse 20. It talks about some other heroes of the faith. Isaac, he blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. In verse 21, Jacob, when he was dying, he blessed each of his sons. By faith, Joseph, what did he do? He spoke and gave instructions concerning his bones and spoke about the Exodus. By faith, all these people did something. They spoke. They spoke blessings by faith. It's amazing. That's, the, that's what's spoken about some of those people. Their, their act of faith was their declaring blessings over their children. Your act of faith can be just speaking a word of blessing. Your act of faith can be speaking about things that are going to happen in the future. How did Joseph know what was going to happen in the future? How did he know about the Exodus? Because God had revealed it to his spirit and he saw it by faith. You got to see some things. Don't, well, I just call things as I see them. No, you got to start seeing different. Start seeing the way God sees them. Start seeing things the way God sees them. Start seeing your life the way God sees Start seeing your kids the way God sees them. And stop saying, I'm just, I'm just going to call it the way I see it. I just want to be honest. No, you be honest to this word. What's the word say? Say that. Your words are planning your faith. Amen. Let me have our worship team coming up, yeah? Let me, let me go here for a second. John chapter 6. Verse 63, look what Jesus says here. John 6, 63, the spirit is the one who gives life. The flesh doesn't help at all. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Your words are not just words. If, the, if you're born again, and the spirit of God is in you, you have a spirit that has been made alive. If you don't know Jesus, you're away from God today, your spirit is dead. There is no life in your spirit. Your spirit cannot produce life. But Jesus said, when you, when you receive the Holy Spirit out of your innermost being, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water, rivers of life. That's what should be coming out of you. And so Jesus said, my words, they're not just words. They're not just idle words. They're not words that don't produce anything. My words are spirit. And, this, and listen, how can words be spirit? Because your words affect what happens in the spirit realm. And listen, your words give angels instructions on what to do. Okay? Your words, listen, you, you can pray a prayer for protection. Somebody said this to me today. Pray for me because I'm traveling and all this. You can pray for protection. And he'll command his angels, the word of God says, concerning you. Lord, I thank you for protection as I travel. Lord, I thank you for being with. And what happens? Angels are being released. You can't see it. So don't say, I guess nothing happened. No, something happened the moment you spoke. Just start believing that something happens when you pray. I think that's the problem with a lot of the church. We don't really believe what we pray is happening because we're looking for it to happen right now. Let me see it right now. That's not, that's not always how it works. But when I pray, something happened right now, I just can't see it. 
Daniel prayed a prayer. Lord, give me insight into what I had this weird vision. Lord, show me what it is. Nothing happened. The first day, the second day, the third day, 21 days later, an angel came to him, right? And the angel said, hey, I've been sent, but I was delayed because there was a spiritual warfare going on. I had to battle this guy. Some other angel had to come help me, but now I've been sent to you. Things happen when you pray. Stop saying they didn't. I guess nothing happened. I guess we better pray. No, something happened when you prayed, if you prayed in faith. You just believe it. You keep speaking it. It's okay. I'm not telling you can't pray a second time, a third time, but you pray it in faith. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that I have the answer. I thank you. just got to get your prayers going the right way. Your words are spirit and your words are life. Your words are not just sounds. Animals make sounds. Dogs bark, right? Chickens cluck. Cats meow. It's not, it's not words of life. You have in you words of life. You have in you words that are spirit and they are life. Amen. You need to speak over your family. You need to speak words that are spirit and that are life over your body. You need to speak words of spirit and life over your mind. Stand up with me. Just bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. We're gonna speak some words this morning by faith. You're gonna speak some words by faith. And you say, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't have that kind of faith. Well, yes, you do. Everybody's been given the measure of faith. You just gotta start exercising your faith. You gotta start using your faith. And the more you use it, the more you work it out, the more you're gonna, it's gonna grow. But I wanna pray for you for a moment because maybe there's somebody here who needs this. And just with your heads bowed, your eyes closed, I just want you to listen to this for a second. Hebrews 11, let me read this one, verse five. By faith, Enoch was taken away. I'm gonna read it in this translation. Faith translated Enoch from this life. He was taken up into heaven. He never had to experience death. He just disappeared from this world because God promoted him. But before he was translated to heaven, to the heavenly realm, his life had become a pleasure to God. Listen, man was not able to walk with God at this time. Adam sinned, Adam fell away from God. It was impossible. The fellowship between man and God was broken. Adam used to walk with God every day, but the fellowship was severed. It was impossible for man to walk with God. But Enoch, by faith, took hold of something that was impossible for him, and yet he had fellowship with God at a time that fellowship was severed, at a time where there was no covenant with man, at a time where man had been completely separated from God. Enoch said, by faith, I'm gonna walk with God like my ancestor Adam did. And he began to walk with God. He began to talk with God. He began to fellowship with God by faith. His faith let him take hold of a relationship with God that took him straight to heaven. He didn't even have to live out his days. He just went straight to heaven. God said, I want you up here with me because my your life is a pleasure to me. Listen, I want to tell you something today. Maybe you're in this place or maybe you're watching online today and you say, I don't have a, the right relationship with God. I don't have fellowship with God. How can I have a right relationship with God? Listen, you can have that relationship today by faith. You just take hold of this promise that, that God sent his son Jesus to die for you. 
You say, I don't feel worthy. It doesn't matter how you feel. Don't look at how you feel. Faith doesn't look at how you feel. It looks at the promise and it takes hold of it. So today, if you're watching or if you're in this room and you need to make your life right with Jesus, I want you, even if you're at home, I want you just to raise your hand to the Lord this morning so he can see you. And you're, you're talking to the Lord, you and the Lord this morning. It's not for me, it's for him. And you say, Lord, come into my heart. Lord, forgive me for my sins. Lord, I want you to change my life. Come into my heart and make me a new person. I give you my life today, Jesus. I want that fellowship with you. Lord, I thank you for saving today. I thank you that you are mighty to save. That you're mighty to save. And Lord, if there's any today that need anything from God, Lord, I thank you today that we have the promises. All of the promises are yes and amen. I want you to do this with me this morning. I want you just to raise your hands to the Lord right now. And I want you to make a faith declaration. Don't worry about who can hear you or whatever, but if there's something in your life that's not right, whether it's your, your body, your, your physical body, whether it's your mind, whether it's your emotions, your finances, your family, a child, whatever it might be, if there's something in your life that's not right, I want you to make a faith declaration today. And you say, say it like this, Lord, I thank you that my body is lined up with the word of God. Lord, I thank you that my mind, however, whatever affects you, you, you say it to God. Lord, I thank you that my mind lines up with the word of God today. I thank you that my mind is at peace. It's at perfect rest. It's trusting in you, Lord. I, my mind is being renewed in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you every physical need of my body is being made whole right now in the name of Jesus because I've already been made whole because you died on the cross to make me whole. Lord, I thank you that I am whole. I thank you my mind's right. Lord, I thank you my family's right. I declare today by faith, my family's right. You say it now, you say it. My family's right in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that, that every, every person in my family is right. They're right with God, they're walking with God, they're fellowshipping with God. Lord, I thank you that they're being made right. I thank you for bringing reconciliation. I just declare it by faith. In the name of Jesus, there's families being reconciled. In the name of Jesus, receive that if that's you. And you say it, Lord, I thank you my family's being reconciled. In the name of Jesus. Speak over your future today. Lord, I thank you my future's blessed. The world lives in uncertainty, but Lord, I thank you that I have a future that's at rest because you've taken care of all my needs. Lord, I thank you that you're my provider. You've made provision for me in the name of Jesus. And I declare all my needs are met. I declare I will have no lack. I declare, Lord, that you're gonna take care of everything because you Lord, I, I trust you. And Lord, I thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let me pray for you right now, Lord. I thank you for each person in this place this morning. I thank you, Lord, for blessing them. I thank you for having your hand upon them. I thank you for an anointing upon their lives. And I thank you, Lord, they're walking in deeper faith today than they ever have in the history of, of the world. There's gonna be a time of deep faith in your people, Lord God. I thank you, Father, for faith rising up in us in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you have goodness for us today. We speak goodness over your people. We speak good things in store for each person because you are in control. We look to you. Our eyes are on you. We thank you, Lord, for blessing in the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen.